1: In this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be handing over to Rob Moore himself, the co-founder of Progressive Property. Now, Rob took a call on a recent mastermind program that he runs from one of his delegates who was asking about how the best way is to structure joint ventures and how to cut out time wasters and make sure that you're working smart and not hard. So Rob does a deep dive answer into what you should do to make sure that the people that you're looking to join venture with or the people that maybe you're looking to sell deals to are serious investors. So I'll hand over to Rob now. Enjoy the podcast.
0: Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and I'm actually on a business support mastermind, which is a mastermind programme that I run. We've had a really good question from an investor. Um, Now, she's a property investor and she's raising joint venture finance. So she's got investors, which I'm sure many of you in the community have. And she has four or five investors on the go. And she's from the north. Uh, and what she finds is people from the South think, oh, yeah, I want 30% ROI. I want all my money back and some cash back. Uh, I want massive yields and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and you probably are going to experience that in your journey as a property investor. And if you're not, you're not scaling enough. So what this video is going to be, I'm actually live on a mastermind, like I said, but I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a deep answer for this um, the lady and the rest of the group, is I'm going to give you some things that you can do to to have more um, more realistic expectations from your investors. So actually, the first thing you can do is something that this investor already does, but you can have a good qualification process. Um, I find that um, getting proof of funds is a really good one. So if if you look at FCA 13 forward slash three, I mean, you don't need to read the whole thing. But basically, if you are pitching joint ventures, um, well, you actually, you can't until you know that the investor is sophisticated or high net worth. Now, you can ask to borrow money, um, but you can't actively publicly pitch f- f- for joint ventures, you know, f- for equity share, unless you've got proof, you know, that they're a sophisticated investor or a high net worth. So what I would do in the early stages is say, look, FCA forward slash one, three, four slash three, It just dictates that I'm not actually allowed to present any joint venture opportunities or deals unless I I know that you're a sophisticated investor or a high net worth. So could you just please um, give me um, a sophisticated investor form or could you just sort of prove um, your funds so then we can talk about possible deals? So number one is you're um, making sure that you're on the right side of the FCA regs. You're cleaner than clean. But what that does is it proves if they've got the money or not. And usually the most unrealistic people don't have the money. They're dreamers. And you don't know they have the, don't have the money until too late. So that's the first qualifier. The next thing, once you've qualified the money, is I would probably just say, look, I only work with certain types of investors and I would just get them to fill in a little form. I wouldn't make it onerous, um, but I'd, I'd maybe just, you know, what I'd probably do if I were you and I'm talking to you specifically, and I don't want to say your name because obviously you've got lots of investors um, and you live is what you find is common. I.e. what yield are you expecting? What ROI are you expecting? You know, what sort of deposit do you want to put in your common objections? I'd ask them a question about it. uh, And therefore that you, you can qualify them um, by, you know, what's your expectation of yield and, you know, what kind of deposit are you looking to put in? What kind of value of property are you after? Etc. And, and you can just start to qualify them. At, you know, are, are you ready to invest right now? Do you want to invest cash or with a deposit? And that could be in an email or you can do an online form. So that's the second thing you can do. The third thing is where you source them. So unfortunately, there are downsides to progressive property. I know I said it. Progressive isn't perfect, but there are some downsides to progressive. Um, and one of them is because you've all learned BMV, low and no money down, you know, you know, well, you know what you can do when you're a professional active property investor. If uh, a passive or sophisticated or non-active investor gets wind of our world and reads our books and goes into our communities, sometimes that can set their expectation a bit wrong. So um, I, I generally have sourced my investors um, from business meetings, introductions high-level functions like charity balls and, you you know, maybe more more local, um, um, higher-end organised events, flying clubs, golf clubs, rotary clubs, etc. Now, by the way, I've sourced lots of Um, investors through the progressive community. I created the progressive community. I built it. By the way, make sure you watch my videos and give me lots of likes and engagement because I created the community. So it does my ego damage when someone gets more views than me and um, they didn't even start the community. But I I have... For sure, but when they've come in through, they've joined the Facebook group. They see a load of people, you know. Te- they they get our books and they and and they see what you. If they want to be an investor themselves and they learn the tools and the tricks of the trade, their expectations are often a bit out. Because if you go and source for yourself, you are going to. Sorry, I'm getting quite a few comments on this video saying, who are you? It's a clone. I, I'm like, people are not taking my content seriously anymore. They're just commenting on the lack of beard. Um, take my comments seriously. Take my work seriously. Please, I have a lot to say. Anyway. Yeah, so you usually, I'd say 80% of my good investors who are. Um, not too demanding, not overly expectant. Well, let me crack on with it. Because here's the other thing, everyone listening. Um, it's not just about high expectation. So are you doing that wrong? You're doing that wrong. Oh, let me check every day. Let me check every week what's going on. Oh, have you heard this in the market? What are you doing about this? And they sort of micromanage you. Um, and, you know, Mark doesn't like that at all, by the way. So he, he would probably just push someone away who does that. Um, so the fifth thing you can do, and this is important, is you've got to let your investors know you have other investors, because when your investors know that if they're if your investors think that, um you know, that they've got the money and they sort of own you a bit um, and you need their money, they have the power. Whereas if you're like, look, I don't need your money. Um, and each time you make an offer, I say, look, I've got four or five investors interested in this. Then it creates some desire, some urgency. Um, and therefore they will be a bit more realistic with their criteria if they want to invest their money because they have competition, scarcity, fear of loss, etc. Now, I'm not saying you go hypey and rah-rah about it. I'm just saying you elegantly and politely and persuasively let your investors know, hey, look, it's no problem if you don't want this deal. I've got four or five other people who are really interested, but I do need to know by Friday. You see what I mean? It's it's persuasive, but it's not pushy. Um, so it's vital that one is because as soon as they feel that they have a bit of power on you, what they'll do is they'll get you running around the country sourcing loads of deals, and none of them will be good enough. None of them, because you know there'll just be something s- slightly wrong. So that would be the fifth thing. The next thing is I'd set a few rules. So um, when you when you have qualified them, uh, the first thing I would say is, look, I just want to set some realistic expectations between us both. So how do you want us to communicate? I like WhatsApp or I like one phone call a week. Um, What you know, what what kind of things do you want to see from me? Would you like a monthly report, an update? Would you like maybe, uh, you know, a, a WhatsApp message once a week? Um, Do you want to come and um, see the property once a month, you know, if you're doing a development or something like that? And you agree between you the expectations and then you stick to that. And then when they start phoning you all the time um, or wobbling a bit or whatever, you say, hey, look, no worries. Um, Let's have a chat about that on our weekly catch up. Um, So you can because sometimes they'll get a bit over familiar um, and WhatsApp's great because the communication is so fast. But once they get you on WhatsApp, um, I have to be very careful with who I reply to on WhatsApp. They can be perfectly nice people, but as soon as I reply to them, it's almost like they've come over to my house, they've, they've got in my living room, they've gone to my fridge, they've made a sandwich, they're just going to eat that and then they're going to go up and get in the bed with my wife a bit later on. They feel very privileged that they can kind of do what they want um, because, because they've got the money. Um, and, you know, you kind of have to be a bit like, well, wait a minute, just because you've got the money doesn't mean you have, you know, the, the power, the next thing I would do is make sure you've got a really good portfolio. Now, by the way, people think portfolios have to be deals you've done. Portfolios don't have to be just deals you've done. Portfolios are deals that you're doing and portfolios are comps. So, you know, oh, yeah, I want a 15% yield because we're, we're in a crash. property market's going to go down 30%. I want 30% BMV and a 15% yield. Well, then you get the comps for the last three months and you show what the prices are. And then that that's what more can they do? They can't, you know, you can't you can't change what is fact so i like a little sort of coleman's bought or online stationery shop bought leather bound one and i keep that in my laptop bag so i have a um like a, a laptop bag like this it's a bit of a, a man bag a mulberry one and it's got uh, kind of two pockets in it big one so i can put the laptop in here but i can have my um i can have my folio in there um, and then if anyone, if you're talking to people, you know, you've got like a, you're having a chat at a networking event or whatever, and they say, oh, you know, oh, I may be interested in some of your deals. So you would be like, wait a minute. yeah, uh, yeah. I've got my portfolio f- here. And you can kind of show it as and when you need. And I'd have a little section for comps, a little section for deals done and a little section for deals in the pipeline. Deals in the pipeline are fresh. Comps are obviously good for proof of what yields are achievable. Um, and then past deals are good for social proof, aren't they? They're deals you've done um and by the way those of you that are starting out you can pad your folio out with comps and pipeline deals um so that you know if you've only done one or two deals yourself you've not got a really empty folio cuz really the the only thing that's going to change someone's expectation is proof so you get the, get the right comps and give them a, a comp range if after all this they're still really demanding i.e. they're entitled or they're demanding that they want really unrealistic returns, you have to let them go and you have to push them away and then hope that they come back. Um, and you just have to stand firm on that. So if the, it's still ridiculous, say, look, I'm sorry, I, I have got a deal here and I think it's really good. Um, and I'm going to pass it to one of my other investors. Um, let me know if you're interested in the future. But I just want to let you know those ROIs and yields. I don't even think they're achievable in, in the North Pole, let alone North, North England or North Scotland. Um, and, and often you have to push people away a bit to have them come back to you. So they would be all, or all, or some, a good amount of my top tips on managing investors' expectations. Communication is really important, and I think a lot of people get communication very wrong. And here's how: number one is there's too much email or, or too much text-based communication. Honestly, um, I in 90% of the communication in, in my company. I have 95 staff in Progressive. Property and Progressive Success, our training businesses, are let's include it in that as well. 90% of the fallouts, the issues, the misunderstandings are from text-based communication, usually email. When you pick up the phone, it saves 58 emails and you know the tone and the mood and people are less confrontational on email. So communication is really important. But a lot of people also hide behind email because it's quicker and easier, yes, but also they don't want conflict. Um, And if you ever get a down val or if you get a planning issue, pick the phone up and call your investor right away. It might be a hard conversation. If you have to leave a bit more money in than you said, pick the phone up right away. They will respect you for that. Deal with it straight away Um, because, yeah. And voice memos are good, actually, um, because they're a bit quicker and they, they don't last for half an hour. They can be two or three minutes and you can have a good tonality so people don't take it the wrong way. Um, Keep your investors updated, but don't let them have like a, you know, a carte blanche own you route to you. Um, And hopefully that'll all help you. So thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you found that useful if you're looking for investors or you've got investors, you're managing investors. Uh, And um, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything.
1: So that was Rob Moore giving a deep dive into what to look for in a joint venture partner or the type of investor that you want to be selling a deal to and how to qualify them in the right way so you're working smart and not hard. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. Remember, we're on iTunes and Stitcher. We're out every Tuesday from 7 a.m. in the morning. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you share and also join the Progressive Property Facebook community where there's over 30,000 other property people who can help you on your property journey. I've been Kevin McDonald, and you've been amazing.